Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com/home-trial. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Hello again, this is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, the music collector's magazine since 1974. And welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast, a proud part of the Pantheon Group of Podcasts. This episode will have Danny Zalisco as our guest. Danny is a memorabilia collector and a well-known concert promoter who resides in Phoenix, Arizona, who has put on concerts in that area for the likes of everyone from Queen to Roger Waters, you name it. He has a new book out, a memoir of sorts, called All Excess, Occupation Concert Promoter. And as a concert promoter, of course, he has great stories to tell. And he also owns unique, personalized memorabilia from the likes of John Prine to Jimmy Page. A lot is covered in his book. Plenty of photos, plenty of stories to tell, like I said, but he will cover some here as well on the podcast. You want to stay tuned as we'll be right back with Danny after this message from CygnusRadio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Is this Danny? It's me. How are you? Danny, how are you? It's Pat Prince. great. Yeah. You know, it... It's a difficult thing. I mean, it's, this whole thing is, a, is quite a process, as I'm sure you know. Yes. Um, it's uh, not, you know, it's like in some respects I'm I'm very well known, and then in other respects such as this I found that, you know, 
I'm kind of a stranger to a lot of people. <laughs> and it, it, after a little education, though, it seems to work out okay. Well, that could be good for the book because you're teaching people about how to be, how do you become a concert promoter? I mean, that's, you know what I'm saying? And look at all yeah. that goes into it. I mean, there's a, a lesson and you're also, for those of don't, people who don't know you, they will get a chance to. I think it's, that's, to me, that's the best part of the book. Um, and 46 years experience, that's, yeah. that's a lot. Um, it, it's a long time, man. And you, I mean, you were originally from Chicago. When did you make the move to, to Arizona? Um, when um, I came, I came out here during my, uh, during my Easter break for the first time, I went to uh, Berkeley and then LA and then to Phoenix. And that was the first time I'd been away by myself, you know, from home so far. The flight from Phoenix to San Francisco was 80 bucks one way. And then me and a friend of mine drove back. And along the way, we stopped at these, you know, stopped here in Phoenix. Um, and, and I, you know, I ended up coming back here. I, I liked it much better here and felt it was way more welcoming than, um, than say LA or San Francisco or Chicago where I was from. I just, mm. I just didn't feel like I would ever have a chance to, you know, to, to do anything, you know, there with all the other experienced people in that town. That's a good point. Yeah. There was you a know, good, so that was one of that was one of the reasons that I that I looked elsewhere because I knew I wanted to do this, but I didn't think that I would ever make it in Chicago. I, I just didn't feel like I would ever have a chance. Well, I got to tell you, I heard you're a big music collector, and yeah. that makes complete sense because as a concert promoter for almost fifty years, naturally you would think you have some great music memorabilia with all the contacts and all the artists you've met. And, oh, yeah. But the f best one in your book, the one that I like the most, was this. These cartons from White Castle from John Prine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> autographed, right? John Prine autographed them, and they were mandatory after-show catering for every... Every one of his shows that those that yeah. see that's unique that that is very cool. Um, you know, it's it's just it's so funny how people react to those things. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody's got stories from from their whole lives of of you know of being with White Castle. I mean, it's just it's such a fun thing. You know. So, I, I just love it. Did that continue with Prine? You were good friends with Prine. Best. Yeah, yeah we we um, we uh, we continually uh, ate White Castle. <laughs> 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 we were we were we were terrible. I remember one night we were in Ohio or something like that, and it was freezing outside. We didn't have a car. I don't know why we didn't have a car, but we were at our hotel, and I I called a cab driver over and I gave him a hundred bucks. I said, look, you can keep the change. It was like three blocks away, but it was freezing. And, um, you know, the guy would, we dispatched him and he came back with our treats. <laughs> and, 
and you have these these cardboard uh, White Castle boxes. They're mounted, yeah. right? They're mounted or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Prime Prime would write shit on them, like uh, buy them by the sack. <laughs> I got I got a box from him signed, buy them by the sack. You know, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, one yeah, of our. I loved him so much. I miss him so much. Yeah, he was on the cover of Goldmine, and we interviewed him just before he passed away. It's it's a shame. And one of my f- favorite photos in here, it's a Getty image, but it's him and Roger Waters performing yep. together at a festival. And I never knew him and yep. Roger were, were... Roger was a big fan of John Prine. He was a huge fan of him, and, and I... I arranged for them to meet, and I, I was always very happy of the fact that I could do something for Roger because, I mean, when you're at that level, people are always asking you for something. Right. You know, I mean, people are always tripping on you about something, this or that or the other. And um, so for for him to say to me, can, can I arrange for him to meet John was one of my favorite things on earth because that's like a gimme for me with Pride, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we, we took it very hard when he passed and, you know, Roger's not one to be very emotional about a lot of things. People, as far as people think that he's probably one of the most emotional guys. And, uh, he, he was, you know, completely jerked right. um, about, about all that. And, um, you know, and then he went and made a, a, uh, a call to to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame say, hey, you should get him back on the ballot again this year. And for whatever reason, they didn't, which I thought was a, a huge mistake for, for a popular music guy like John yeah. to, to in, in the week following his death, they did, he got like 25 million hits on, on YouTube for all of his music. Right. Because there's all, all these people are you know, who's John Prine? And then the other people that knew it, you know, everybody just kind of rallied around it. And, uh, I mean, to me, it made him one of the biggest stars in the world. I mean, it, sadly, it was, it was his death because all, everybody made such a big deal about it because it was COVID and it was a new thing then. I mean, we didn't even know about it for a month by the time he died. Right. Yeah, well, we, really co- we covered him a lot because of his music and, um, you know, he was he was like a new type of Bob Dylan, where he told stories through his songs and yeah. the harsh realities of life, and you know the ups and downs of life. Really, um, yeah. He well, he had a lot of those. Yes, I know. So we all do. What was your now? What is your favorite piece of memorabilia that you own? Boy, there's a bunch of really cool stuff. I mean, my Beatles stuff yeah. is uh, is great. I, I, I have a, a 1965 Gibson acoustic that I bought off of somebody about 25 years ago who won this this thing in a um, uh, a drawing at a radio station in England, mm. and it's it's signed it's signed in fountain pen by all four. Wow, that would have to be my my, my I had a safe built for it. Is there something that you were, was given to you by an artist that, that you also love personally? Um, um, I think the best one that anybody gave me was um, I did Jimmy Page a favor 
And um, he, he got into Vegas early one night, and he wanted a recommendation on a place to go out, and I got him all set up. And the next day in Phoenix, he comes walking into my room. My dressing room was right next to his, my office. And he comes walking in with a blonde, creamy-colored Fender, thank you. Wow. Fender uh, Telecaster, and it was already signed. And it says, to Danny, all the breasts, Jimmy Page. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy was amazing. Um, I, I I love him. Um, my um, one of my favorite Jimmy pages was uh, I went to Jeff Beck's wedding reception when he got married in '05, and it was this, uh, the summer after the Cream get-togethers when they played the um, Royal Albert Hall. We went to that at uh, at, at Jeff's house. Uh, Jimmy was there for the reception. So was McCartney. And Savoy Brown was the backing band, and there was 100 people in his backyard. He had a full little stage set up, and they, they all played together, which was incredible. Um, but I had, to, I had to, like, almost force Jimmy to play. He didn't want to because he didn't have any of his guitars there. He doesn't like to play Jeff's guitars because he shaves the necks. Ah. So uh, that, that was also one of those, you know, moments where... It's one of those moments that you don't get to get when you're a regular human. Right. And, and it, was, it was like one of those moments where it was like just so fantastic to see those guys together playing on the stage, not being a forced situation or a situation where they're getting paid for it or any of that kind of shit. It was just, you know, these legends having a blast, just playing together like kids. Well, imagine just imagining Savoy Brown as the backup band is pretty cool <laughs> at a wedding reception. <laughs> yeah, was, of course, it's Jeff Bex, but but uh, yeah, that that's like one of those one of those moments you never get to duplicate, you know? Right. Well, you've you've promoted over twelve thousand concerts. I mean, I'm tired thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, is, can you pick one that's the most memorable? You know, the one that's probably the most memorable, and I didn't even do it, it was before I started promoting. Uh, I was in high school, and I saw Pink Floyd do a show called Eclipse of Peace for Assorted Lunatics. Mm. And, um, and it was um, Dark Side of the Moon a year before it came out. And I met a kid at the time I was in high school. I met a kid who recorded the, the show that we, we witnessed in October. And, um, and he recorded it. And, and I, managed, I managed to get a copy of that. And then I bought him a ticket for the next um, concert that was in April. So the end of April 72. And that's when they did this dark side thing. Nobody had any idea about dark side. They don't. They don't tell anybody anything. They just love the surprise. Right. They came out. And played, they came out and played the entire album. And I had arranged for this guy who I met at the previous one show. I uh, helped him get into the show so he could record this one too. And I have a recording of it, and it is my best album. The the capper for this album was the guy I was sitting with. We were in high school together. His name was Patrick Leonard. Patrick co-wrote or wrote most of Madonna's biggest songs. 
Oh. And he and I went to high school together. Believe me when I tell you, Madonna would not be his first choice of like somebody to be a fan of. But he met her. I don't even know the story of how they met. He met her, and then the next thing you know, they're writing songs together. And uh, and he, he was their. She wanted the band leader from from the Jackson Victory tour, and that was Pat Leonard. Hmm. So she hired him, and off they went, and they sold a couple hundred million records. Right. Um, and anyway, at any rate, Pat is a huge Floyd fan, Crimson, all the prog band, and and um, he ends up producing Roger Waters. So one day they call me up and they go, "Hey, Roger goes, I hear you got a tape of mine." <laughs> I go, as a matter of fact, I do. It was almost 20 years later. It was 1991 or two, and they were recording. Pat was producing a Roger Waters album. In that less than 20-year period, we went from being little kids who were fans of Kate Floyd, doing ads and going to their shows, and the next thing you know, we're growing up, and he's producing them and I'm promoting them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really amazing when you think about it. Yeah. Um, and And... You know, we're all best friends, you know, and like, I mean, we say the L word to each other and everything. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so so Pat and Roger took my tape, and it was the last time I saw the, the reel to reel. It was on a BASF, I don't know, quarter inch, maybe? Yeah. And, and or three quarters, I can't remember. This, what's the small one? Three quarters. And uh, they put it through his new Neve board at the time. Now, this is 30 years ago. And they remixed the whole thing and sent it back to me on a desk. Wow. And it's the most incredible. And I begged Roger, Roger, let's just put it out. We don't have to sell it. Let's sell it for 20 bucks and don't give all the money to charity. And I mean, everybody, every point in should hear this record. It's better than any. I mean, to me, it's better than Dark Side. Because it's just four Pink Floyd guys, no chicks, no horn players, nothing. No production. Right. Just four guys on stage having at it. You got to hear it sometime, man. It's amazing. And he, do you think he'll ever put it out? <clears throat> I've asked him many times, and he never has given me a solid answer. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, one, one time we're driving in the car, and I put it on. And he goes, wait a minute, shut up. And he's listening, he goes... Those guys aren't half bad. Who is it? He's, you know, he's kidding, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and I begged him, and then, then I, you know, I, I know when to back off with them. I don't want them. I don't want them to get tired of me for asking about this. But the only reason I want it out is because uh, any Pink Floyd fan should hear this. Yes. David Gilmore's lead, his lead on Money would make you forget about Comfortably Numb. Really? That's how good it is. They were just in full, fine form. Well, you so find... that, was, that was before I promoted. So, I mean, that was one of the things that definitely closed me. I'm going, you have to do this now. Well, that see, that kind of uh, that thing makes everything full circle, right? Like yep. you said, here you were, two kids, and then you ended up being in the music industry, knowing the band knowing band members. But, you know, being such big music lovers, maybe it was inevitable um, yeah. in a certain way. Now, there there are a lot of memories in the book, and ones that come up for me are 
even small things like the cheese platter for the band Queen. I love that story. <laughs> and that's where Queen, it was really the manager who wanted a better cheese platter. Almost. Well, he, just wanted, he, just, he just knew what the kind of things they like and react to. <laughs> but they ended up. It was, it was so funny. They ended up using the cheese. <laughs> you finally corrected the walls. Yeah, you corrected the you you corrected everything and got a better cheese platter. Um, That's right, I did. But then they used the food to have a food fight. Yep. So at Bad first, dog. so first you must have been really peed off. <laughs> No, do you know? Do you know how I found out about it? Was Jerry, Jerry the Stickles, the manager comes, he comes to me and he goes, he hands me two thousand dollars, and I go, what's this for? And he goes, come with me, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was it. I mean, you know. Well, that was nice. He said, uh, he goes, we're gonna, we're gonna have to. He goes, you're gonna have to get this all cleaned up. I'm really sorry, but this is my boys. Yeah, well, it's good that they have some so, fun. It, it it didn't bother me a bit, man. I mean, that 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 happened so infre infrequently to me over the years. I mean, and it was it was Queen, and it was this fun story. I mean, I, I was I was proud. Yeah, and then <laughs> it, there's, it didn't bother me in the slightest. There's the also, only thing I was worried about was was that the Suns might have had a game the next day. Uh, and you know, then they and then clean that. There was the visiting team's locker room. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> smelling, smelling like cheese. Oh my god! It was awful. I also like the Paul McCartney story where you defended his honor to. I guess a writer really did a poor review of him. And I always hated it when. Yeah, but, but, but see, the, the thing that was weird about it was it was going into the show. It was it was it ran like two days prior to the concert, and it's like, well, why are you why are you doing this? I right. mean, here's a guy who sold out this place faster than anybody ever sold it out, and 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 he wrote this horrific story. I mean, it wasn't a review at all. It was just a story. Right, and uh, uh, I called him up and read him the riot act, and I told him, I, I said, "Don't you dare show up for for the press conference because you will not get in." Right, uh, there's no way, there's no way you you get to do a hatchet job like this on on somebody uh, only to think you're going to be royalty and walk in. And he and damned if this guy didn't come, and uh, I kept him on the other side of the. Uh, on the other side of the uh, what do you call it uh, of the the, uh, the fence, and and I wouldn't let him in. And and me and Jeff Baker, who was Paul's PR guy at the time, stood there and told him what an asshole he was. You know, it's like, look, we we everybody's entitled to an opinion, but you just did a butcher job on this guy for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I never understood and, uh, that. I never understood that why why writers will do something like that. Well, you know, because they, they it's like, it's like, you, you can't handle the fact that somebody's cool, yeah. you know, and way cooler than you'll ever be, you know, and, and um, it was just a shame, but I, it turned, it turned out very well for me, though, you know, because <laughs> I love the fact that I stood up for it. <laughs>
Well, I got to tell you, I saw Paul McCartney about, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, and I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, but I was just blown away by this guy who's older. Yes. And I, I couldn't believe how good it was. I mean, not that I didn't think it was going to be good, but I was blown away. Um, and this was at Yankee Stadium to boot. And it was just a hell of a hell of a show. So oh, that must have been fun. Oh yeah, it was big time fun. But um, anyway, I also like the fact you're also a big sports card collector too. Is that correct? Uh huh. I am. Ah, okay. Um, I I haven't done anything with all that stuff yet, but uh, I'm I'm gearing up for it. I've done three auctions so far. They've all three gone fantastic. And I'm getting ready to do more. I love the fact that most musicians want to be uh, baseball or football players, <laughs> and I love that. And I and I love that most singers want to be baseball players, or or vice versa, right? <laughs> it's it, 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 it's very much the same. You know, basically, these people are the same people. They're they're kind of like you know show offs, right? To a degree, but they're also they're also very sensitive, shy individuals. Right. A lot of them. They just happen to be super talented, and somehow, fortunately for them, they had parents that, that helped bring it out of them. Mm. And 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 here we are, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, I started out totally as a sports guy, but I always loved music, and then the Beatles came around, which was a conflict for a sports-minded kid. And I started buying records, and I'm still buying baseball cards, and going to games, but we never got to go to concerts. I was always allowed to go to games because, hmm. you know, mostly they're during the day in Chicago. We were Cubs fans, so right. it's always during the day. Which, yeah, so. which brings me to the uh, forward of your book, the legendary baseball player Kirk Gibson doing the forward of your book, All Access. Um, isn't that fun? And he talks about how he became a, a, <laughs> an avid music fan, and he meets you at the Who show. Um, and then you guys become best buds. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, I, I just love that. I mean, I, what I love the most about that is it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and, and this was, it, it turned out, you know, McGibby was always one of my favorite, favorite performers. Gritty, hard-nosed, tough. And, and, and what a sweet man he is, you know, and, and yeah. what a baseball guy. Um, you know, the pandemic's been a big blow to the concert industry. Well, things are, you know, things are looking more optimistic still. It's going to be a while yeah, I mean, for it to get back to normal. People, people are acting optimistic. I, for one, am not okay. quite yet because I just feel like people, as soon as the numbers go down, everybody starts opening shit up because they're impatient. I don't blame them. I'm impatient, too. But the problem is, is, is within a week's time, two weeks' time, you can see those numbers just turn right around yeah. and go back up to, to where they were. Yes, I know. Which is what they're doing again. I, I, I know. And so, so everybody's like starting to act like they're going to, um, like, like everything's going to flip around and change it. I'm telling you, it's not. I mean, I'm, I'm a naysayer only because I don't want to go line people up again. And say, hey, our sh all those shows that we postponed two, three, four times, we're ready to go. Well, no, we're not. Right. 
You know, I mean, if I start, Dan, if I start promoting really hard on these shows, you know, it's going to happen. It's just going to fall apart again. So, when he, if you had your best guess, next year maybe some small concerts. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 thinking we could get Labor Day. Yeah, I I think I think that could happen. I'm not counting on it. I'm not betting on it. Well, can you do can you do concerts? At a at a small capacity, like some baseball parks are doing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you've got to be sure. I know. People really want to see shows. I know it's hard. I know, I know. But the thing is, is if you're if you're off by just a little bit, you're dead. And so, what's so we, we we've, we've got to be able we've got to be able to know when we're promoting a show that it's actually going to happen this time because I, I i as much as people need shows they also need to be able to go to what they're promised which isn't anybody's fault if it doesn't happen but it, it, i think it's crucial now that we we don't disappoint anymore and and the only way to avoid disappointing is by not promising again to give them something that you're not sure you can get you know even s small club venues have taken even harder because they're gonna Arenas can at least open up. Yeah, well, you know, but they, see, they what they're opening up for though is for basketball, right? And and they can, mm. you know, because they have their TV money, mm. you know, they can they can do a, a fifth of the audience or an eighth of the audience. You can't do that with concerts. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you you can watch a show like that, but you can't, you know, unless you become you like. Can't. Well, I should become like Don Kirshner. <laughs> Don Kirshner, remember that? Yes, I'm I do. Don Kirshner. <laughs> All right, man. Well, All right, Pep. All right, thank you, man. Take care. Great to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you, too. Bye now. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks, Danny. And listeners, don't forget, Danny Zalisco's book is titled All Access occupation concert promoter and you can get that at amazon.com or at your bookstore a fun large paperback for music history buffs into behind the scenes antics and also anybody into memorabilia music memorabilia as well okay catch us next time on the goldmine podcast this is patrick prince editor of goldmine signing off don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content you can even show off your memorabilia there show off your rarities like danny zalisco in a section on the website called reader rarities or just sending your rarest memorabilia item to show off and we'll put it in the section goldmine magazine at aim media that's aim media.com subject line reader rarity and don't forget to check out the newsstands for the latest Goldmine magazine in print at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. Okay, we'll see you next time on the Goldmine Podcast. Cheers. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet?
Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? <laughs> no, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.